the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my mommy and her friends on Trails and Testimonies. Come on, y'all. Let's go. so excited about this beautiful journey that we're about to take with one of my amazing, gorgeous friends that I had the beautiful privilege of meeting in the transition of a dark place to a light place. And I found this church and the pastor's wife, her name is Gina Scalise. Gina, thank you so much for taking the time and walking us through Silver Comet. This is beautiful. I know. I love it. Um, I love the trees. I love the sound of the leaves and the trees. I love the fact that I can walk here and just meet people that are taking a bike ride or a walk. And I like the fact that we go over a little river, a little stream. And it reminds me of my home in Maine. Not as cold. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God it's not as cold as Maine. Yes. So coming down from Maine, how did you make your way to the Silver Comet? It's a very long journey, but let me start this way. I was, uh, I'm the only girl. I have four brothers back home in Maine. I always wanted to fall in love and meet somebody. And so, um, but I wasn't meeting anybody in Maine. And uh, I was 26 years old and everybody else in my family, even my younger brother had gotten married. And I basically was like, that may never happen for me. And one day I connected with an old friend from high school. She took me to this singles group from her church. And there I met a young man named Rob Bowers. And Rob was from Florida originally. I just thought he was really special. So actually, it's because of Rob that I'm here in Mableton. We got married in Maine. We got engaged. He was um, my first love. We had this big wedding. I'm the only girl. So it was a huge wedding. And uh, But before the wedding, we decided that God was calling us into the ministry. And um, Rob was a phenomenal trumpet player, loved to worship God, loved to worship God, and wrote songs and um, would do concerts at different churches up in Maine. And he had moved from Jacksonville to help plant a church in Bangor, Maine. And that's how he met me. But he felt like God was calling us back to Jacksonville, Florida, to go to this little Bible training school down there. It was called Christ to the Nations at the time. And they were training up missionaries. And we felt like God was going to send us to the mission field. Shortly after we got married, we moved back to Jacksonville, Florida. And we started attending that little training center for two years. In the meantime, a little Assembly of God church in Jacksonville on the north side asked him to be their part-time worship leader. And Rob was like, nah, nah, I don't don't think I can do that. But eventually, he said yes. It was amazing. We, uh, We fell in love with the people there. But two years into the gig, as he called it, because he was a musician, we felt like God was going to make a change in our life, and we didn't know what it was going to be. I was kind of homesick for Maine. I missed my mom, and I missed my family. And anyways, he came back from, he was attending a little college to get his bachelor's degree in music. He came back from college one day, and he said, you're not going to believe what happened. Understand, he's 30 years old now, and I'm almost 30. He said, I just auditioned for the Marine Corps band and they want me and I'm like but you're 30 (laughs) (laughs) 
And he said, um, yeah, but they really want me. They want me to come. Something leapt in our heart. This doesn't make sense, God, but maybe you're wanting us to go in the military. And all these doors started opening. Now, understand, we were poorest church mice. You know, we had no insurance. We had, you know, nothing. We were trying to have a baby that wasn't working at all. And um, it was a struggling time, but it was a wonderful time. You know, long story short, he did go into the military. He went through boot camp, uh, which was huge. You know, I'd get these letters like, I can't believe I made it through this day. I'm the oldest one here. They call me Pops or something oh, like goodness. that, you know, and um, it was... Get over the wall, Yeah, Pops. right? <laughs> but he did it, and he passed. He graduated um, Paris Island, and he went on with his journey, and he was going to be in the Marine Corps Band, stationed in Quantico, Virginia, which was closer to Maine. So, yay, I'm getting home. It was hard to leave Florida because I love, love, love Jacksonville. I just fell in love with the city. But we went up there, and um, it was really a, a nice little adventure, a nice thing. We had no children. It was just me and him and our dog. And I fell in love with Quantico. I felt like God was going to use him to speak into the lives of these young soldiers who were looking for stuff, you know, and they were trying to find themselves and he could be a light to them in the band. Well, I think it's really hard too with what soldiers have to see. Yes, It's very heavy on their heart and on their mind of even recovering their soul. And so if somebody is there to shine that light, that's really helpful. Yeah. And for me, what I started to see is the boot camp that they go through, the training that they go through, is more than just about training them to be a good soldier. It's training them for life skills. It's helping them see, I can make it through anything. If I can make it through this, I can make it through anything. Rob was a very humble man, a very sweet man. He wasn't really a fighter. He was kind of like, I'm not going to be able to fight this one. You know, I just kind of let it go. But I'm going to be in the band rooting you guys on. Exactly. Exactly. But because he had to go through boot camp, he had to learn tactics to fight the enemy. I didn't see it then. Now I can see it. A year and a half into our stint at Quantico, Rob started feeling really sick. We couldn't figure out what was going on. He went to a lot of the base doctors. He's 32 now, and they're thinking, oh, you're trying to get out of the military, trying to get a medical discharge. He's like, no, that's not it. I just am hurting. My back is hurting. My shoulders are hurting. I'm just hurting my leg. And so for about four months, it was just struggle after struggle trying to see the doctor, trying to figure out. And then one day while I was downstairs crocheting, because I was crocheting like crazy, he called me upstairs in our base housing. And he said, Gina, come here quick. He had found a tumor in his upper thigh. And it was pretty big, probably a little bit bigger than a grapefruit. And I said, oh, God, oh, God. Two days before we found this, my mom had called me and said, Gina, I don't, really want to say this, but I feel like I need to share this with you. Have you looked for a tumor? And I said, mom, I knew what that meant. I knew that meant cancer. I'm like, and I hate cancer. I've already lost people I love from cancer. This is not going to happen. I kind of was like, get behind me, you know, get behind me, mom. That's not true. And, and yet Stop here I am. Exactly. Stop it. And yet here I am two days after that phone call and my husband has found a tumor in his leg. We rush him to the base doctor, the base doctor, basically takes a a Sharpie marker and circles this tumor on his leg and says, you need to go to Bethesda Naval Hospital right now. And thus began our journey as we discovered he had a very rare, very deadly form of cancer. 
leomysarcoma. My life changed. I was by myself in Quantico, Virginia. I had the, the soldiers there who, when they say they're a band of brothers, they are truly a band of brothers. The band guys were there for every everything. Taking care of the dog, taking care of the house, taking care of me, encouraging Rob. I mean, they were just some phenomenal people. But at first, you know, Rob's family came and my family came and we started hearing the, I didn't want to hear this. His father wanted to know, uh, what is the odds? Well, at the time, the kind of cancer that he had, the odds were not good. But I believe that we're supposed to believe for a miracle until God does something else. So when I pray, it's always, no, it's going to be a miracle. He's going to make it. God is the ultimate physician. That's right. He knows. He's the healer. He's going to heal him. He went through six rounds of chemo. Every time he had the chemo, he got sick, violently sick. I had to rush him back to the ER. Now, if you remember, I told you I had no insurance in Florida. But when you're in the military, everything's covered. Wow. Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of medical treatment went into Rob. And I never paid for any of it. And God led you to the military. Tell me that's not. Yeah, I know. The journey was hard and it was long and it was gut-wrenching. But we fought it. Eventually we came to October of 96. Had to do the math there real quick. I'm not doing that. <laughs> October 96. And the doctors call us in and they say, there's nothing more we can do, Mr. Bowers. So we were prepped for medical discharge. And we wanted to go back to Jacksonville one last time to say goodbye to our friends and family there. In the meantime, what happens when you're going through a journey like cancer or anything really is God brings other people in your life that are also going through that same journey. A few months before he was told there was nothing else I could do, my friend from Florida, my best friend, called me and said, hey, I need you to pray because our youth pastor's wife was just diagnosed with cancer. And it's really bad. They have a little boy. He's only like nine months old. And we just really need you to pray for Rhonda and Randy and Josiah. So I began to pray for this couple that was, I'd never met them, but I was praying for them and praying for her, praying for healing. This little boy needs his mom. I began to send cards and letters of encouragement because it meant a lot to me to know that others were caring. So when I would get a card, I was like, yeah, so I'm going to do that. I'm a real card person. I don't, I like emails and texts, but snail mail is the best. Snail mail is the best. So I'm the card person. I still do it today. We went to Florida for one last visit and we were meeting our, you know, I have a lady down there who's kind of like another mother. So I was staying with her and he, she really loved Rob a lot. That was her son. So, you know, she didn't have a son. We're down there, and I met the youth pastor. His name was Randy, but his wife was so sick that she wasn't able to come to church. So Randy met Rob, and we went back to Maine, moved in with my parents. They'd redone their whole house to help us, you know. And I still believed for a miracle, though, Kim, because I kept getting words like, he's not going to die. It's about life. It's not about death. It's about life, Gina. I just, in my heart, said, I've got to pray for a miracle because it could still happen. It could still happen. It was Thanksgiving weekend, and he came downstairs, and he laid down on the couch, and he never walked again. The cancer had wrapped itself around um, his spinal cord, and he never walked again. But still, I believed. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. 
we were able to go to church. He was in the hospital for several weeks, and then we got out of the, out of the hospital. And in his little wheelchair, we went to our church up there in Maine one last time. And I still, it was a powerful, powerful Sunday. Like, the spirit was moving, and God, I still heard. I fell out. I fell down on the floor, and I still heard God say, it's about life, Gina. It's not about death. And I still believed in that moment. He is going to heal him. He's a phenomenal trumpet player. He's an incredible man of God. He's not, he's got more. There's more for him to do. He's writing songs. He's worshiping you. There's nothing you can't do, God. On December 31st, 96, I woke up and he didn't. He was in a coma. He was not responsive. And I knew, my mom knew. We called the hospice lady. For the rest of the day, I just basically sat at his bedside. And I had Christian music playing, and I was just still believing. I called up a dear friend, a spiritual father to me, and I said, Look, I believe God has told me that I'm supposed to fast all day, and that tonight I'm supposed to do the Jericho March. And if you know what the Jericho March is, in the Word of God, it talks about the nation of Israel on the last day. They walked around the walls of Jericho seven times. And then they blew the trumpet and the walls fell. It was one of Rob's favorite, favorite things. Why? Because he was a trumpet player. Right. And I felt like God was saying, if you'll fast and pray, something's going to happen when you do that Jericho march. So I just, I said, look, nobody else knows you and I are doing this. You fast and pray with me. And tonight I'm going to do it. Rob's father flew in from Florida. We knew it could possibly be the last time. I was believing it was going to be the miracle moment, the time when God came through. And Rob lived to tell everybody about this victory. If you ever go to Maine, you have to remember one thing, to go outside at night where there's no city lights because you'll see every star that God ever created in Maine. We don't have smog up there. We don't have cities up there. (laughs) So the, the stars are phenomenal. And I took the dog out one last time. Everybody else was going to go to bed. And I said, look, I'm going to pray underneath the stars before I go in and read this passage of scripture and march. And I told God, I said, God, I want him to live. Not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. New Year's Eve, he woke up a little bit. It wasn't coherent. It was a pain-induced, terrible night of thrashing and just, it was not a good thing. Now he's peaceful because he's had medication. The doctors came and helped medicate him and calm him down. I read the word, put the Bible down, start to march. And I hear God say, let him go. And I said, no, that's not the plan. (laughs) That's not the plan. I'm supposed to march and the wall's coming down and he's going to be healed and And it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be amazing. And I heard God say, it's going to be okay. Just let him go. So I leaned over and I kissed him one last time and I said, I love you, but you have to go and I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And, um, but, um, he passed away on January 1st, 1997. And, um, it was really kind of interesting though, Kim, because before he got really bad, he had told me if it ever looks like I'm going to die, I'm going to go. I don't even know that this is scriptural or spiritual or biblical at all. But he said, I'm going to go plead my case before God's throne that I don't want to leave you. I love you this much. I don't want to leave you. Oh, that's beautiful. 
And the night before he died, he was warring with something. I mean, there was a battle going on. There was some kind of spiritual battle going on. And I truly believe he was warring against doubt and unbelief. But I also think he was up there going, God, I don't want to leave her. I don't want to die. Part of me says what happened that night is that God showed him I was going to be okay, that this was just part of his plan. Looking back, I mean, it's been, well, since 97, it's been a long time. We don't have to. I don't even think God, you don't have to do the math. It's still gut-wrenching to me because he was my best friend and um, he was the love of my life. And I thought I was going to have children with this man and I didn't, we never had children. Miracles everywhere along the way. People that the government never pays for infertility treatments, never. But they were going to pay for this one. And they're so expensive. Yes. But they were going to pay for all of it but then we couldn't do it. I met so many amazing people through the whole journey. I was able to get in the face of this very awful, terrible Navy chaplain who sat me down and said, Miss Bowers, you don't understand the gravity of this situation that he's going to die. And I looked at the guy and said, no, you don't understand. If he dies, what's so bad about that? He goes to be with Jesus, you know, um, but I'm going to believe that he's not going to die because it's about life. And I'm believing for a miracle. People thought I was crazy. I know they did. It is harder to be out of your mind crazy and say, but there's a chance. Well, our faith depends on us saying, we believe that a God spoke and all of this happened. Mm -hmm. Well, if God can speak and all of this beautiful world that we live in, if it can happen, he can do anything, right? Right. I mean, if Jesus can be born of a virgin, and he can die on a cross and then come to life again. We're believing for a lot of things in our faith that don't make sense. We cannot give up on the miracle until God shows us a different plan. Mm -hmm. When God spoke to me that night at that bedside, it was the hardest thing of my life, but I knew that I could believe and trust him for the next part of my journey. So we are going to put just a little pause right there. Um, and continue to part two because you have such a beautiful testimony and I think so many people need to hear it. And towards the end of every Trails and Testimonies episode, I didn't tell you this, but I have quotes that I have cut up and put into my little baggie over here. (laughs) And I just like to say happy trails to you. Just reach in and grab one of the quotes. Okay. And it says, You only fail when you don't try. I love that. That is amazing. So part two, coming up with Gina Scalise. Thank you so much. Love you, girl. Love you. Remember to subscribe. Right. I guess that's it, guys. Bye, then. Bye.